you know, but it was like a couple of years ago when adaptogens really came out and everyone was like, financial problems, adaptogens, daddy issues, adaptogens, gut issues, adaptogens. Like it's like, there's like adaptogens for everything. And you're like, Jesus Christ, can you not see that you are now in the church of health fat with veganism and raw foodism and all these things? Like it's you, you get a couple of times when you watch a movie and you change something overnight right? You don't get many of those. And if you do start doing that consistently, then you're just a flabby person. Um, and you need to create some more solid foundations because you're trying to look for external solutions. You need to start realizing that as you reject the Western world and you know how the Western world manifests itself and blah, 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 blah. But in reality, you are replicating the, um, the propaganda model that you, makes you detest that Western world to begin with. You are creating propaganda and trying to justify it. The greatest problem in this world is that people are too fucking scared to be themselves. Scared of what others think. Why? Because society made you fit into a tiny little box. Happiness is always going to be a myth if you stay in that little box. You need to wake up to who you truly are. Find some courage. Find some fucking balls to be yourself. Your mental, emotional, physical and spiritual health is all going to be out of whack, up and down, left and right when this shit happens. You're constantly seeking shit outside yourself. Drugs, sex, alcohol, food, people, all that shit that is temporarily helping you feel something greater. I've done all this and it doesn't fucking work. You are 1,000 times more than what you think, than what you believe and that happiness is real. And that it doesn't come in a bottle labelled prescription drugs or Forex Lager. Well, maybe Forex Lager, but not long term. It actually comes from within you. Deep inside you is inner peace, but you only need to know how to find it. Well, welcome to the answer to the Feeling Alive podcast with Luca Ritti. It's time to be who you came here to be, son. Welcome to episode 28 on the Feeling Alive podcast with Luca Reedy. Today's guest is Mason Taylor, the founder of Superfeast, a medicinal mushroom and tonic herb company from Australia. This episode is friggin' phenomenal, guys. Uh, it's something that has been very strong in my life and very present in the population at the moment, and that is dogmatic health. Whether you're a vegan, you're, you're in keto, you're paleo, you're carnivore, you're this health, you're that health, this looks healthy, that looks healthy, don't eat that, don't eat this. We're all just projecting our own ideals with what we talk about as uh, contributed by a lack of self-identity. So Mason is has studied over 15,000 hours in the health world, health subject, health industry, and he has a wealth of knowledge. He has a very deep passion and enthusiasm for Taoist uh, Chinese medicine. And I'm so grateful that I could get him on this podcast to speak about his perspective on dogmatic health. And this got, I, I found this on one of his posts on this actually on Instagram. And that's how we ended up getting onto the podcast. But look, I want you to see what you think the key takeaway is here. And what's the real message that we need to, to take out of this podcast? I, I know what it is and we talk about it quite a lot, but I'd love for you to, to see what it is for yourself. So without further ado, here's the episode. Welcome to the Feeling Alive podcast. How are we all? Today's guest is Taoist tonic herbal master, uh, many other masters, sovereign <laughs> health expert, guru, super feast founder, um, 
a very bold health practitioner, which I think is very, very admirable and needed. I'm here with Mason Taylor. Mason, how are you, brother? Yo, I'm good. How you doing? Good, man. I am good. I've, um, I'm in Bali. I've got the Bali Wi-Fi issue fixed before I'm like, it's, it's just like the lottery, man. You just don't know what you're going to get. Um, Sweet. But, You're in Bali. Where in Bali are you? Um, I'm in Umalas or Changu. Yeah, nice. Very I was, nice. I was, yes, I was in um, I was in Ubud for a while for about six months, but the uh, just got a bit too much for me there, man. To be honest, I don't know. Have you spent much time in Ubud? No, I mean not much, but enough to know exactly what you're talking about. Are you um, yeah. are you a surfer? Have you been there watching the surf and not allowed to go in? No, mate, I don't surf. Like I, I'm okay. from Perth originally and there was about six shark attacks in a couple of years ago in like six months and yeah, I was right. pretty much like I go knee deep now. That's it. <laughs> I, I mean, it looks, it looks awesome though because I, I really want to do it but I think that fear is something that I've got to uh, tackle at some point. I mean, it's a little bit valid. I mean, I get you. I'm a body surfer, and so I kind of mm. like. I'm in me in my wetsuit. I sit. I sit out the back, looking basically like a seal. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the perfect I, I, target. I definitely, I definitely know the rationale you've got there. <laughs> yeah, and so where are you? Where are you from, man? You're in the Byron area, Mullumbimby, is it? Um, yeah, I'm in Mullumbimby right now at the Superfeast Warehouse and um, yeah. I live just north of here about 20 minutes in South Golden Beach. It's kind of like that last town um, within the, the Byron Shire on the north there. Wicked, wicked, man. Yeah, it is wicked. Nice. It's great. So um, I, we were planning on moving there um, at some point, but then we life just took its toll and says stay in Bali. So at some point That's we'll sweet. be heading to the Byron region. I mean, there seems to be a direct line between the two. Mm. <laughs> very, 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 very appealing. Yeah, somewhat yeah. similar. You know, there's just an a, just an appealing laid backness about living, living here, and living yeah, there. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. I I think that's I'm on with that 100. percent So look, bro, this is what I mean. I've been watching your stories for quite some time, and there was something that really stood out to me. I think. Uh, it, it really is something that's happening in the collective at the moment, especially with what mm. Corona's given us. But it's that dog, or the first one was unhealthy lectures by unhealthy people. You did a post and it was just like, boom, like it slapped me in the face, like a, your hand came out of the phone and just like slapped me in the face and said, don't you see? And um, I'm like, okay, I see, Mason, I see. <laughs> And then the second oh, one the, was the context of that. Yeah, I mean, I think it was one of those things I, I think about a lot and I, I tend to weave into a post here or there. Because it's kind of yeah. like it's too much for people in if you're in if you're in the middle, like and you know, it's a good thing along your healing journey, you get, you know, someone might have a message and it's super inspiring. And so yeah. you know, you should be you should be left to go and explore the nuance of someone's, you know, message, but it's you know, too many people um, tilt over into starting to subscribe to that person's, their either personal belief system, which is not really what's happening most of the time. Mm. That person most of the time is going to have an external belief system that's part of a more of extended health, dietary cult, 
um, lifestyle cult, yoga cult, movement sector cult, you know, just the same way on the other side of things, you've got the mm. cult of scientism and, um, you know, and, you know, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm just a critic, you know, like I'm a skeptic. That's, you yeah. know, that's when their, their external identifications, you know, so on and so forth. And so as you, you know, what, what you don't really see, and I reflect on in my, you know, early when I was in my twenties, getting into the health world, you know, what, what I didn't really have was nuance um, in my ability to discern um, where was the time to draw the line of my admiration of someone and the way that mm. they were necessarily like living so that then, you know, so then I don't get pulled in to, you know, their world too much. I can stay on my own two feet and, and not just, you know, subscribe to their way, you know, their way of life, which, um you know, so to an yeah. extent, what, you know, pointing out, you know, when say people are loving, you know, for example, you know, an, an easy swing is, um, mm. it's always an easy swing when someone is presenting themselves, um, you know, get, they're lost in their stage persona, pretty much. They're yeah. presenting them. They're very happy for the perpetuation of their expertise, you know, to be put out there. And, you know, when you're, you know, introducing me saying, you know, Taoist herbal <laughs> master and, um, you know, even practitioner <laughs> and these kinds of things, I'm happy to go along and have a little bit of a fun, a bit of fun. And um, mostly because, you know, on my Instagram, for example, and even in my business and the way I present myself, I'm, I'm very happy taking the piss out of myself quite heavily that kind of makes, you know, <laughs> brings the context that, um, I don't necessarily, you know, I, I don't attribute, um, you know, being a master of herbalism into mm. my own identity in any way. And um, I talk about not necessarily, you know, not being a practitioner in the sense of not wanting to be within an institution that has its own mm -hmm. practitioners and they guard, um, you know, they guard medicine um, and the, the availability of, say, herbs within that institution. And they're the ones that hold that knowledge and people come to them and they dish out the medicine, so on and so forth. I, you know, I, I appreciate practitioners, but I'm just a fan of herbalism. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of um, folky herbalism, Taoist herbalism, the, you know, the whole nature of thousands and thousands and thousands of years through, you know, humanity, but especially through China, people taking herbs and weaving it into their meals and their lifestyle and their diet without uh, an intention of, um, curing symptoms or not waiting till they have symptoms or an issue to when they take from when they take herbs but having a desire to procure and build life within themselves build um you know build foundational energy within themselves so that they don't degenerate and they give themselves the best opportunity to not mm. degenerate as they get older or they're instilling immunity preventatively into a you know into their children or into their extended family through weaving these herbs in over decades and decades and then you know, generationally, it's what we've seen. And then that's mm -hmm. what Taoist tonic herbalism is. And I'm a fan of that. And I'm, a, I'm also a fan of practitioners, especially mm -hmm. those in the Chinese medicine sense that practice classical Chinese medicine that isn't the, the modern TCM, traditional Chinese medicine that um, was, a, you know, a creation by the, um, the Maoist government um, communist government in the 50s, which just, you know, which basically diluted Chinese medicine and made it based on Western symptomology. So it took out the actual nature of what works from traditional Chinese medicine. I'm a fan of watching these things. And I'm a, yeah. I'm a, you know, a customer and um, a patient of classical Chinese medicine. But then I'm a lay person sharing the progression of my own lifestyle as I go along. And um, 
when I was in my early days, though, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I was more looking for like what was the right way and the most optimal way to live. And, you know, I was like, you know, it's enjoyable in the beginning to, to really like, you know, justify Explore. aspect yeah. of diet and make it wrong yeah. and right, make other things wrong and make yeah. what you do right. And then I found myself kind of, you know, having that, you know, just having conversations internally, like debating myself mm. about different parts of my diet, whether it was the vegetarianism or vegan, basic veganism aspect of the time, mm. you know, I was a raw fooders. So I'm like debating that. I knew a, like I'm reading, you know, in order to like, you know, really find my footing in my diet, I was reading like, you know, Western Price, um, you know, Dr. Western Price books about, um, you know, natural degeneration and indigenous diets and, you know, so much of it's based on like animal fats and, um, you know, animal, animal sources of nutrition and, you know, cooked food, so on and so forth. And so I, I challenged myself, you know, probably with, you know, in the beginning with more, you know, um, or with presenting more egoic intentions to kind of like be able to know what yeah. the arguments I'm going to have thrown at me, but then ultimately creating that counter to my own belief system to get myself out of it, which I'm glad I did because, I jump into the deep end for a lot of things and I, you know, I haven't been discerned that, that dis I wasn't that discerning in my early days. I am very discerning now. Um, but mm. I, you know, had a couple of people I was really following and I allowed, you know, some really molded an aspect of my lifestyle to like, you know, this, like, like, you know, to a longevity lifestyle, a couple of people I was admiring and, you know, really getting into their work. And it's the same way it happens with people following, some, I don't know, you know, some like people who are following extreme like raw diets, like the medical medium kind of like mm -hmm. excessive healing diet. And, you know, like, you know, there's some gold. The thing is, there's some gold in that, like that guy, I can't remember what his name is, but, you know, there's some gold in there and people should have the capacity to yeah. explore the relevance of that cleanse and that, you know, the celery juice and all the awesome herbs, you know, some that we both recommend like shaga mushroom and reishi mushroom and astragalus and et cetera, et cetera. But to be able to know where to draw the line and, you know, this is where I'm quite, you know, yeah. harsh and I'm harsh on myself, you know, to, you know, to be honest as well, while I'm not harsh anymore necessarily, but I'm more, you know, I'll present this is where I, it's not working for me right now. And this is why you should take everything I should, I say with a grain of salt. And remember, I'm just learning because you look at, someone like medical medium and he's pasty white and he's wearing glasses <laughs> and he's bald. I'm sorry, but the writing's on the wall, you know, like yeah, yeah. It, it's that's not, that's not, you don't completely wrap your entire health mm. and food philosophy and healing philosophy around that. And when you can observe that and when you can observe, you know, you know, just like with respect, you know, your, the edges of yourself and where you'd like to go, you know, move forward and get a little bit more potentiated and, you know, yeah. not, you know, what your blemishes are and, and not have a, a, a judgment of wrong or right around it, just a noticing so that you go, cool, I've got, you know, I can, I can potentiate further, I can get to the root of that, I can find where the energy is not flowing within my organ systems, I can see where perhaps my you know, belief systems around particular calories are inhibiting my capacity to create the types of hormones that are going to then allow me to create, say, you know, vitamin D or create melanin. So I don't become a photosensitive, you know, pasty, you know, pasty person that can't handle the sun and therefore isn't that holistically healthy. If my belief system around whether I'm vegan or not, or, you know, whether I eat fats or not is getting in the way of like what in reality you can't deny is not healthy, um, then, you know, then, you know, you need to be able to call that out without judgment or wrong or right. That's why I don't like dogma. And that's, you know, 
the same with a lot of a lot of these people. You know, you look. You know, the, the the problem is with health educators a lot of the time is you don't get to hang out with them. And when you start hanging out with them, it's like the yoga world. There's diamonds mm. in the rough, of course, but everyone always says with the yoga community, oh yeah, you think you're going to find some like you know some real you know you know family and brother and sisterhood and love there, but you know to be honest, it's out of the frying pan and into the fire when you get into that world, and it's like that mm. in in the health world. So the people that are really, um, you know, they're really milking that stage persona a lot of the time, the ones that don't keep themselves in check and don't, you know, kind of have that, their own capacity to take the piss out of themselves and, you know, make sure that they're staying hashtag authentic, you know, the yeah. ones that, you know, the ones that don't have um, that, uh, you know, ability to check themselves, what, you know, what you find is that it's a, you know, it's a desire to be in the limelight it's a desire to go and you know hold a position of power and generally then when you you really get to start hearing the stories of what's going on behind the scenes um in the yoga you know you see that in yoga you know how many of these yeah. gurus you're hearing about now in the health scene you guys no one's heard about it yet but you hear about the dysfunction of these people that are leaders um, oh my god it's yeah. insane it's it's actually insane you you hear it you know it's like with it's the same with like how many vegans all of a sudden come forth and say actually guys for the last two years i've been eating animal products behind the mm-hmm. scenes it's like you know um and but none none of that compares to the the dysfunction of their you know their their um their persona yeah. and their emotional yeah. health and and so you start realizing that that that's that that tribalism within the health scene um that that stagnation that people hold because they have they have these solid belief systems and they you know they they go into bat and defend for these belief systems that you know they just because they haven't had the you know discernment or the ability to know that all you know life is just constant change and so mm. if you're not willing to stay malleable as you move along in this ever-changing world and don't get on your moral, which is a mind-based place anyway, your moral high horse about what's right or wrong, if you can stay out of that joint, um, you know, watch, you know, if you're following someone, you know, and they're like, hey, that, I, I can't deny it. That person's, that person's, you know, unhealthy. Their skin mm. looks shit. They're, they're yeah. obviously exhausted. You know, they're yeah. fat. You know, like I, yeah. I can't, I can't deny it. I can't, you know, that's, it's such a, you know, like it's, it's such a huge, um, it's not a judgment. It's just like you, you call a spade a spade. You can do it about yeah. yourself without right or wrong. And you can do it about the people you're observing. You create very beautiful boundaries between their message and what you're letting in to be your reality. And I think it's a, I just think it's a skill that, um, it's, it's really nice to learn. And it's nice yeah. when you're diving into health extremely, you know, you might dive into a ketogenic diet or, you know, carnivore diets really rocking at the moment or into bodybuilding yeah. or something like that. And what's not taught is the, the, the you know, the, the knowing that, you know, when you're going into explore that in, in maybe in an extreme way, because you're, it's dominating, you know, your life or your practice or your diet to an extent, right? You know, yeah. that's, you go through these periods and totally. you're opening a door right? You go through that tunnel and there's going to be a time when it's, you know, when it's time to come back to harmony and stop identifying and close that door, close that part of your journey. You integrate into your, into your personal culture aspects of that ketogenic journey or carnivore or bodybuilding. But then it's time yeah. to move back to your own center, have a contraction, a yin period, like in what we're doing in winter right now, contract, mm-hmm. come back, 
allow yourself to get out of the head and out of your desire for gains and very minor superpowers like being super strong or super flexible or mm. you know having super immunity or being able to like you know like crush it and constantly and hustle constantly or be able to handle extreme cold and all those things are very admirable and very good yang goal intentions but you need to be able to come out of the identity and allow it to just um, distill into yourself and find you know that wisdom that comes of the winter in those cool periods where you're not overly identified externally you can embody you can let go of the extremism make it a part of yourself and move forward without that tribalism or identity Mm. so um we're just going to end the podcast right there because everything that needed to be said is said (laughs) mate that was that was amazing i could just didn't want to stop you at all but you know a couple things that i pick out of that Normally I start building a foundation, but you've just got straight to the point. Dogmatic health comes back from a few things, and I see what you you say this. Lack of self-identity, lack of self-identity, a lack of embodiment, and a lack of actually connecting into the heart to go, what's right for me here? So I see those three things, right? Are you... Are you in agreement with that or is there something that I'm not seeing, something that I'm missing? Because, I mean, I know you talk about dogmatic views as lack of self-identity for sure, but it just feels Mm. like we've just got to embody it. Uh, You even say yourself that you're embodying um, the turning of the tide for health, right? So you fully, Mm -hmm. and then if you say connecting to the heart, you're fully like, hang on, I don't, I know that if I was to follow this completely, I, I wouldn't. I don't like the idea of what he looks like because that's not how I see myself as healthy. It doesn't look like the basis of health. So, you know, what's right for me? I'll take what I need, but what's right for me? I mean, it allows you to, you know, to be in pure ad- admiring of what someone represents for you, and, and you know, that then reflects into your ability to really admire, you know, basically yeah. the the entire in you know perfect in you know um, perfectly imperfect aspect of yourself um and then you also get to witness the you know how the everyone's shit stinks as well Mm -hmm. that's that's a really good place to be you know i think it's very we don't need to go much further down the route of not you know seeing that you know having a guru that really keeps on presenting himself as a guru to be looked up to you know that it it takes a lot to not get start getting over identified with the guru complex um with the god complex it takes a lot when you get you know when you start getting that momentum um you know a lot of the time a beautiful relationship is gonna you know help you know like you know help you grow and and you know you know reflect upon each other you know so that's like you know that's something i like looking out for you know it's like and you know and ideally you know i if if i if i don't know what someone's disposition is inside and out through being able to hang out with them for extensive periods of time then i'm only going to take a yeah. certain surface layer of what they i'm sorry but like you know it's not that i don't trust them and you know it's just like I wouldn't expect people to trust me yet completely because they don't, they get to hang out with me behind, you know, <laughs> you know, like behind the scenes a lot of the time. And I'm not going to give yeah. it that, that trust to someone else. It's not, that's not a reasonable thing to, to offer. Yeah. It's, um, it's a fun, yeah. it's a fun world. I mean, embodiment is, um, 
it's a it's a funny thing to to desire you know it's like this this you know this thing that gets now you know we we you know we desire to be embodied and you know the way to yeah. start doing that is to you know start balancing into that yin place that you know doesn't have desire yet we have the desire <laughs> to to yeah. be embodied and still and so it's just this loop um and you know ultimately you know i went through my extremism period you know a big out for me um yeah i just you know i started just you know just integrating all the lessons that i'd learned from there not you know just the same way i got into health i was like really kind of rejecting it takes a bit of humility right it takes a bit of humility to go oh fuck i was extreme cut it down if you start that way it's so much easier I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like, you know, if you, if you start that way, it's really, it's really quite concerning when you, you're running around trying to find this optimal and this, like, this, this padding that you've found the right way to be and the right thing to do. And, you know, that's like, cool. You know, I really, like, I really relate to that. Like, you know, I'm really worried to settle down and be consistent in this place because, you know, it's going to, the grass is going to be greener, but then in mm. that yang jumping from next shiny thing to the next shiny thing, because, you know, where you're at isn't good enough. Um, what you, what you find is an excessiveness of that, that yang, you find an excessiveness of that fire. Um, you basically, you start, all you're doing is you're looking up and you're only looking at the stars and you're only looking at life on the can or space as a canvas of 2d rather than getting into the yin, which is the space between the stars. And if you can start considering that and the yin represents that non-agenda based, consistent, very general practice, you don't, you know, you don't have like heavy goals or expectations on yourself through showing up into those very, you know, those, the chop wood carry water consistencies of um you know herbalism diet working you know consistently on bringing your virtuous nature out of yourself it's the difference between going to a tony robbins um conference and you know mm. being able to have regular you know um com you know revealing conversation you know maybe night after night or week after the week with you with your partner or with your mate that allows you to continue to gain context of who you are and how to move mm -hmm. you know from becoming you know becoming more of an asshole towards becoming more of a beautiful expression of yourself like the difference between moving towards being an 80 year old that just couldn't get over his bitterness or resentment so it projects that bitterness onto his children and the people around him or versus someone who over decades was able to consistently work within the space between the stars to create a bed of context and reality within their own culture that wasn't just focused on the strength or the extreme yeah. cold exposure or the you know the you know the the optimal mental output you know without working on the fabric that connects all of that together and makes it actually relevant so that they're a beautiful expression at 80 years old that's the yin that's the space in between the stars. And that's, you know, the nature of that is the shiny things is going to these health educators and these leaders, many of them that, you know, just like are sick or, you know, dysfunctional, right? Yeah. Because everyone just teaches what they need. That's all I'm doing. I'm just teaching what I need. I really need to hear this yeah. right now. So I'm coming on podcasts and fleshing it out. You know, all the while yeah. I try and make sure I take the absolute piss out of myself on social media because... You know, I do get a lot of people coming up to me and going, "Look, whatever you do, I'll do." And I'm like, "Okay, cool. I know that feeling." And um, and I'm I'm I'm, you know, getting yeah. to that point. I know, and I know it's going to happen. And I know that. And so that's then, you know, I my job is, you know, because I got to live with myself and my own career, and I don't want to make it a, I just. I want to make it like a nice place for me to live as well. You know, my, my you know, my yeah. career and my business. And, 
And so I slow down a little bit. And so I try and ensure that what I'm educating about remains a bit slippery, you know, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. my, that's my terminology. That was really helpful for me. And so, um, yeah, so all, all in all, um, I just, I love this conversation and so much because it just adds that element of like, Hey, wherever you're at now, just, you know, be aware things might change. Okay. You might be, you might yeah. be a vegan forever and that's awesome. But what if you don't, you know, what, you know, what if it's not based on a rigid externally driven system, but you know, what in you, what if there's no, like, you know, judging of right or wrong within that? What if there's a more of a, a freedom and it emerges from you and you can go on and be effective in what, you know, those you know elements of your own life, your own value set, you can go, and, you know, bring them out to the world, you know, with, you know, without the resentment that you offer, you know, that you generally have of yourself and therefore project onto other people. Um, or the you know or mm-hmm. anger or even just the what if it changes what if you start getting really yeah. unhealthy right what if you can't yeah. you know find that really good vegan practitioner that's going to help you navigate it and you start losing teeth and you've you've lost mm-hmm. yourself in dogma that's going to be very hard for you to find your way out so you haven't acknowledged the bridge people think the bridge is always going to be you change what you do or you sacrifice you know, your belief system, but it's not, it's about you being able to shift over away from a belief. It's a crutch, right? About, you know, morality that's held you up and given you identity for a while. You know, it's great. You know, this is my identity vegan for this reason and that reason. And then what if that becomes boring? What if it becomes boring and you yeah. need to change? Doesn't mean you need to eat meat. Doesn't mean you need to not become vegan, but you need, it will change. You are going to evolve. Yeah. You are going to change. Your values are going to change. It happens, you know, know, before civilization, humans would change and you'd need to stay malleable. You need to have, you know, your your values solid, right? You know, you know, you know, you can can keep on respecting them, you know, respect what your, your soul's yearning or whatever is yearning, just, you know, respect that. But, you know, ultimately, the only inevitability is change. And so just watch those crutches that are going to stop you from doing it. Yeah, totally, man. Change is the only consistent thing we've seen in, for the beginning of time, right? Like everything's just evolving. We're uh, mm-hmm. we're learning. We're going through challenges. We're growing. And so, look, it's, it's so funny because I completely agree with where you're at, with what you just said about what I'm teaching is what I need. Uh, I've I've come to that realization myself probably, when, you know, maybe like eight, six, six months ago. I was like, what I'm helping people with is what I needed and what I'm actually mm-hmm. saying in that moment. It's funny. This funny thing is like what I'm actually saying in this moment is what I need to hear most right now. I'm actually speaking mm. to myself. And when we're talking about this dogmatic health, um, we're especially talking about vegan. So I've been plant-based for about vegan plant-based. You know, that's another thing is labels. It's like I was like wouldn't identify myself as plant vegan because vegans have a bad rap because they go and like go into like steakhouses and set up a, a you know, create a bloody ruckus and then i'm like oh i'm plant-based it's a little bit different and then so i've been i've been vegan plant-based call me whatever you want for uh, i don't know three years nearly and this dogmatic health has really just like hit me in the face at the moment because i'm like i was that guy that was like you know you've got financial problems oh it's because you're not vegan um you know you've got a sore right toe because you're not (laughs) vegan you know like I'm like, it's your only we, safe, guys. 
Yeah. Have you, have you, have we talked about, have you, I'm like, that's like, that's one of my favorite things to say. I mean, I used to kind of feel that around like raw foodism, but yeah, okay. I mean, I talk about that a lot with like adaptogens. I mean, people just sell like adaptogens hit and that's what I do at Superfeast, but like, you know, to an extent and try and, you know, but it was like a couple of years ago when adaptogens really came out and everyone was like financial problems, adaptogens, daddy issues, adaptogens, daddy issues, adaptogens. <laughs> like, it's like adaptogens for everything. And you're like, Jesus Christ, can you not see that you are now in the church of mm, health mm, fat with veganism mm, and raw foodism and all these things. Like, and paleo. And- <laughs> you get, you get a couple in your lifetime. You get a couple, right? Yeah. It's like when yeah. I, you know, it's like, it's, you, you get a couple of times when you watch a movie and you change something overnight, right? You yeah. don't get many of those. And if you do start doing that consistently, then you're just a flabby person um, and you need to create some more solid foundations because you're trying to look for external solutions. And yeah. you get a couple of yeah. them um, <laughs> where you get to change, where you get to change overnight. But uh, yeah, that um, you, you, when you, you start, you need to start realizing that you are basically, you know, you start rejecting a lot of what happens is you reject the Western world. And, you know, how the Western world manifests itself and blah, 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 blah. But in reality, you are replicating the um, the propaganda model that makes you detest that Western world to begin with. You are creating propaganda and trying to justify it because you've got a noble, you know, veganism is a classic one. But it's the the same, like with like, you know, it's like maybe in different expressions, but still just as insidious with, you know, with keto, um, you know, keto diets and, you know, paleo diets and, and all these, Mm -hmm. all these things, whatever, whatever it is, you know, like, um, carnivore, I think is really huge at the moment. It's not in my world, but I know like friends, friends tell me that it's, um, it's super massive. You start going out. Um, and it's the same with, um, with skeptics who can't just be like, look, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. They're like, they got to have an answer for everything. And yeah. they become horrific people to be around. Um, yeah. <laughs> the same as like extremist, extremist biohackers and extremist vegans. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong; really interesting, and you know, I like, yeah. I like, you know, lovely. And some people are just inherently extremist, and but that's their identity, and they and they find ways to find harmony. I'm not against like you know everything in moderation, including moderation itself. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, majority of you know, majority of the time, what they what you're doing is in order to continue to justify the way that you've decided. Especially if you can't get out of it by the time you're like 30, what you mm. find is you're in this perpetual model of going and gathering information to justify your worldview, yeah. and you stay tribal a lot of the time. You get very boring to to be around, and you know you'll you'll definitely find that because you're pointing the finger. You'll find internally you're you're pointing the finger at other people being you know hard to be around because they're this way or that way. No, that means you're boring as that shit. That's what that <laughs> means. You're not you're not malleable. And you're going to have to admit that to yourself. And I had to admit that to myself. And I'm having those conversations yeah. with myself in the shower, you know, about like, you know, uh, about, you know, eating funny. meat and not eating meat and this and that. And it's just like, dude, get off the sideline. Stop yeah. talking to yourself. Stop yeah. trying to have the same argument. It's boring. Get out yeah. there into the wild and go and learn and change. You, for God's sake, you're in your late 20s. You don't, you're, you're a pup. It's the same now. I'm like, I'm super comfortable just being out there in the world and i don't know i'm happy really happy just sharing 
um, you know, share like more and more. I'm starting to share what's going on dietarily for me because I'm kind of, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm comfortable sharing it here and there at the moment. I'm very comfortable sharing that I'm not an ideal specimen, but yeah. really, I, I think you know, pe- people find it interesting tagging along, and I like laughing, you know, like as I go along as well and sharing that. And I know quite a lot about tonic herbalism and mushrooms and that whole system, yeah. and I just go deeper into that, and I love sharing that as we go along as well. So. I mean, that's, that's where I'm at, but yeah, people yeah. need to realize you're part of the problem when you start getting into the propaganda model. Um, totally, dude. That's, so I think that's why people love you so much is because you're painting, you're actually looking at the real world, which is imperfection, which is constantly growing and learning. And, and I was saying this the other day, I was like, hey guys on Instagram, I was like, hey guys, just a reminder that you've got to be perfect today. You've got to have all your ducks in a row and you've got to look yeah. bloody great on camera, okay, because this is a perfect world. And I was like, bullshit i'm talking Mm -hmm. to you influencers i'm talking to all those people that try and paint a perfect model people uh this is not that's not the new paradigm the paradigm is coming is like hey we're real we're learning we're growing i'm going to share my experiences with you and i think that's why people follow you so much because you're just so brutally fucking honest with where you're at and what is working for you and that's experiential like that's really what this is like when we're not born enlightened but some of us are willing to be honest, have humility, and just be open with what's happening in the world. And I think that's why it's it's very important to start having this conversation about dogmatic health. And don't get me wrong, I um, I, I still I, I think I'm I'm out there saying, guys, I don't think vegan is the answer now. I used to say it all because of the judgment that we place on non-vegans because of the lack of acceptance that we place on people and a lot of the community is hatred. I'm like, really? If we're looking at all these vegans that say, oh, these capitalist country, and I'm probably going to piss a few off here, and a lot of them are probably my friends. And Mm. um, if we're looking at capitalists and going, fuck you, you wrought the system and commercialize and capitalize on animals' well-being, I totally agree with what they're saying. But I think there's a message here is like, dude, we, we we're fighting fire with fire. Like this is a process. Stand up for what you believe in. But let's not like burn the house down at the same time because you live in that house too. Um, and so it's coming mm. back. I mean, I don't know what the answer is to that. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe you have a perspective on at what point do we allow this world to change? Because some people are going to say, well, my views, yeah, I do have a noble cause because it is changing a lot of big uh, big problems. And I know you look at like ethical health with, uh, you know, you look at where it comes from and, and that's what you, very much your company company is. And, and we'll probably talk about the deer antler as well because that's that, there's an interesting topic there. But like it's very much integral and you go, oh, I know what's coming here. Hey, I'm not drinking, I'm not drinking pasteurized milk that is like frigging factory produced i'm i'm doing specific things that i know have really good energy behind it really good integrity behind this product but what is the answer between when some when when people are using say dogmatic health as to say saving a world problem or, or solution to a world crisis what's your thoughts on that um i mean i think that distinction still still musing on it I definitely don't promote apathy. I still enjoy being involved in what's going on in my environment. Um, 
you know, I when when after Mullumbimby Council rejected Telstra from putting a 5G tower in because enough of the community came in. This is pre-COVID. None of that projected COVID shit on the whole five, you know, people just trying to like, <laughs> you know, having, yeah, which, you know, it's fine. Like, I don't mind people having, you know, conspiracy theories. That's, you have the freedom to explore. But um, again, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're identified in, you know, in 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 mm-hmm. finding the the sinister and everything, then again, I find you boring. Um, just because I've yeah. been there myself, that's it. It's just yeah. well, everything I'm saying about me finding people boring is just what I've, you know, where I've been, you know, yeah. experiencing myself. Um, you know, the council rejected. You know, the council rejected um, Telstra from putting up the towers. Just were like, look, you haven't provided data about the safety of the technology on um, on human on human beings at all, and therefore we're mm-hmm. going to give you six months to provide us some kind of data. And that was put forward. Right, and so that was great. That went forward, and then somehow, without anyone knowing, it got that got overturned on a federal level. And then just one day, Telstra were putting up the tower. Right, yeah. like that. You know, do I think that we just lay back and get ap- apathetic about these kinds of things? Maybe if it's not if it's not tickling you, you have no obligation. But I'll still get involved with that kind of thing. Um, I'm still one who, when I you know when I'm eating meat. I am, you know, ideally getting a, you know, an invasive meat. I like getting the venison, like getting venison. Um, I, you know, I'm going to support, um, I'm going to support regenerative um, local farms. I'm going to be admitted about the fact that I don't like that most of the farmers still have to vaccinate the animals. And I talk to the, you know, talk to the guys who's talking to the farmers um, and trying to support farmers that aren't doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm dancing and, and I don't have an answer because I'm standing in a duality. You know, yeah. the, the ability, you know, intelligence, um, you know, true intelligence, you know, to, you know, to paraphrase um, uh, Fitzgerald um, is, you know, to be able to hold two opposing ideas at the same time and still function. Wow. You know, there's, there's, you know, there's too much evidence around, you know, the necessity for um for human in for, for human beings and you know for the the foundations of um human beings nutrition or not even the foundation it's just an element to be mm-hmm. animal based there's too much evidence for me that you know the fact that there's never been a vegan culture ever and that you know that you see um you see bone and tooth degeneration without the the source of um yeah. uh you know fat soluble animal animal based vitamins etc um, mm. It's too real for me that you can you can witness um, general, especially in women, but generally across the board, blood deficiencies coming through when you know when one follows a vegan diet. And the mm. other side of things, having been in that place, there's something very you know there's there's something about you know needing to consume and and kill and um, you know and have blood on your hands, and yeah. you know there's something very jarring around that you know especially. With you know not not you know being a city boy for me and not having been, um, you know not having you know had access to that to that world, but I've got more and more access to that world. You know, you know there's there's, there's the amount of nuance between those two, um, the amount of nuance you know between that and you know and the the contribution between you know towards what people understand as global warming and all its factors and agriculture being, you know, being a, being a factor and, you know, the, the seemingly, you know, like incredible things that we can see if we just cut out meat versus if we go towards regenerative, regenerative um, farming and, you know, and having, having that be the foundation of, um, 
our diets and then the argument that there's too many humans in the world to be able to feed that way, so on and so yeah. forth. There are a lot of ideas there. And to say that you're because you sit in one of those camps is more important than any one of those factors that I just mentioned means, again, you're seeing the world in a very black and white way. And yeah. you're most likely going to be one of these people that has a propaganda model and has gone and just gathered a bunch of information to justify their own point of view because you're too lazy to evolve with it. It's what I'd imagine. Um, and probably you know, lacking a particular amount of intelligence that allows you to hold opposing ideas without judging yourself because you're in such a moral headspace of right and wrong that you don't have the capacity to hold, um, you know, di differing ideas with, you know, without basically um, judging the shit yeah. out of yourself and for not, you know, for, for letting down your vegan mates. Yeah. Um, it's the same as someone's like a carnivore and all of a sudden they start really dipping into like a huge aspect of empathy yeah. of themselves. You know, there's a, you know, that's, there can be some judgment of themselves there that, you know, there's not just like, no, dude, this is the way it's meant to be. And it's the best. And it's just like, but I'm feeling all this empathy, you know, I want to connect. I'm feeling a little bit disrespectful of just how much, you know, like, you know, of that, you know, very complex animal life I'm consuming willy nilly to get gains in my testosterone. Yeah. There's something, you know, I feel shallow and, you know, that's, that, and that's valid. And, you know, and that for that not to be judged as right or wrong, same as if you're a vegan and realize, fuck, you know, maybe I can, maybe I can get off my, my high horse a little bit here, or maybe I don't have to be right all the time. And, yeah. um, and maybe I don't have to have such an agenda. You know, maybe I don't, you know, you, you really are following a propaganda model and that's yeah. dangerous yeah. because that's what has created this Western well, diet ideal mm. that you and me and everyone is <laughs> hopefully working towards moving, you know, evolving away from. Mm. So, I mean, totally, I, I don't, yeah, so I don't really know. Um, yeah. No, I feel like that was a really good response. It's like, I think a big part of it is if we, enough of us come together and come together in a wholehearted way for a good cause, we can see change. But at the end of the day, we've just still got to do the best with what we've got and that we want to really find what feels good to us. And I think mm -hmm. coming back to knowing who you are, getting your self-identity will be a big part of like stepping out of dogmatic health is I think admit that you can just exist in two sides. You know, the duality is natural intelligence exists that you can sit in harmony with what's around you. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean you don't have to sit back and just be like, oh, they're going to ruin the world. Just do what you do. And if enough people like what you're doing because you're receptive, because you're not, forcing something down someone's throat i think that's where we actually start to see change it's like oh i actually like what you do mason like i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna try this and you know i love how you say it because you're so real and you're so open and enough people hear that message it's like boom you've got a following now you're president of the Taoist tonic herbal as herbal herbs of australia you know <laughs> just like that mm, and then and, and, yeah, and, 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 <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, and and the thing is, like, I know I'm, like, I know I'm going to change as well. Um, you know, I, it's, you know, you, it's, it's a hard thing to to learn is to not go in and um and bat for a justification for how you how you currently live. Yeah. Right. 
it's a it's a hard thing to do um you know and you know you mentioned like the deer antler and yeah. i'm still wrestling with that it took me a while to bring the deer antler into the range mm. you know there's the whole like there's the canned responses can you just explain deer antler velvet um as a product that you sell at Superfeast? Yeah. So, and so look, I like, and there's like, as I was just going to like saying, there's like, there's canned responses, um, which, you know, but which just, just responses that just trying to give everyone a world. Um, and so, yeah, deer, it's, it's deer antler velvet first 60 day cycle of the, the growth of that deer. And it's, um, it's been used for thousands of years by the Taoists. Um, there's a pretty, pretty gnarly story about mm. it coming um, you know, it, it, it coming to, to fruition that that's, you know, that became a herb. Um, about three brothers and the little brother got the dregs of the deer that the brothers hunted, which was the head. And it happened to Whoa. be a young, um, young stag. And then he, you know, he took the head and, and made a tea out of it. And, and all of a sudden everyone found this robustness and strength coming through the body. And they eventually found it out. It was the gel like um, antler the velvet it's a velvet fluffy you know at that period they grow back every year those um those antlers Mm. and so i brought it into the range when i was at the markets and funnily enough i brought it in because um you know sometimes people have been um so deficient on a western diet for so long um and and people think I may I'm making this up for some reason or exaggerating it, but I'm not. But you know, people have been so emaciated from a vegan diet that hasn't been done smartly. You know, they haven't really respected all the different elements and nuances, and so they're heavily depleted. Um, and so I got deer antler for those times when someone was so depleted that. The, you start with Jing herbs in tonic herbalism a lot of the time because that's going to be correlating to the foundational essence and energy of your body. That, um, and that Jing energy is encapsulating of your, you know, that's our genetic potential, our capacity to heal tissue, um, maintain strong, robust sexual vigor, um, be able to reproduce cells, mm-hmm. um, reproduce in general. Um, you know, that's, that's our Jing energy. It's our, it's our stamina. It's our knee strength. It's our bone strength. Right. And so that Jing essence in the Western world, when you deplete, when you rely on coffee, when you're having nutrient, um, you know, um, deficient food, um, if you go over onto, you know, into an extreme diet, um, a lot of biohackers as well, more these days who come out, get out the other side of biohacking. And it's just also go, 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 you know, like hack, 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 hack but they come out exhausted, utterly exhausted. If they're not in that like thin band of people that it can really work for long-term. Same with veganism. Some people are in that thin band. I was like that when I was like pretty much vegan, raw foodist for a long time. Nothing went wrong. I was just like, I'm bored of myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm changing. Um, so but most of people aren't in that band when it comes to extreme diet. So you catch people on the back end and they're exhausted or depleted. Yeah. Um, you know, like have have teeth falling out sometimes in the, in, in the vegan world. And, um, like they come over and be like, you know, you know, like spirulina, I got no blood and anemic. And, and so we build back, you know, it's not just herbs, but from tonic herbs, we'll build back Jing, our ability to build blood, um, sex hormones. And then some, a lot of the time plants, herbs just won't do it. Um, and it's an argument. I'm like, I'll, I'll stand up, you know, time and time again people are telling me like there's so many beautiful plant-based herbs that we can be using to build back jing essence in the kidneys and i'm sorry i've seen them you know sometimes you take it too far and sometimes i'm for me in that context i needed a 
um, an animal-based Jing herb to like just like whack it up the bottom and you know and um, and and start the engine again. Mm. And you felt. Well, I just, you know, that's just where I was at. I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I just sat with it because I'd actually, I wasn't eating meat or anything like that. And the, the deer, the deer aren't killed. Um, yeah. and there's, you know, there's once a year, um, you know, they're, they're farmed and they're in pens and there's, there's, I can give you videos of me at the farm. Yeah. I've um, seen showing that. You just I like, really appreciated that. I thought that was really yeah. like integral and just like, ah, oh, okay. I get it. I went, I went live from the farm and, we, you know, had lots of vegan friends and people discussing things. And I'm like, I'm not trying to justify anything here. I'm yeah. just telling you where I'm at, you know, like, what about this? And I'm like, look, I, they're, they're farmed. And I'm telling you there's like a, a cap on, you know, there's a cap on how many are in each stall. So there's like lots of room to move and the stalls are mucked out and the water's non-municipal that they're drinking and they're out every day. And I went, you know, I went live on an area that they're all walking around and then, once a year, um, they get taken in. A vet comes in, and they get taken, and you know we they get a little um, anesthetic, and it's a it's uncomfortable, but it's pain free in terms of um, um, losing those horns. And then in the farming sense, even if they were farming them for meat, which these deer um, they're considered sacred in China. These um the deer that we um for, we use for herbs, and so they're never eaten for meat. But even you know, just say you are farming um deer for meat every year you're going to see that that velvet taken off so the bucks aren't fighting right and yeah. they'll, they'll fall off at the end of summer anyway um they fall off naturally anyway. they fall off natural anyway again i don't like this isn't trying to justify anything i'm just like letting you know because yeah. sometimes it pays for people to understand whether they're you know oh you know i'm extreme vegan am i going to interact with super feast or not i want you to have all the facts so you can make it an educated decision or even more relevant is am i going to take this or not yeah. um because sometimes it's that it's you've been so depleted that it's that herb that turns everything back online. I've had friends, you know, just been depleted for a while, taking Jing herbs, taking Jing formula, you know, eating a bit of meat again and just kind of coming back online. And, um, you know, in their story, that was relevant, um, you know, eating meat and that kind of thing. And then I've just gone and dropped off a little bottle of um, deer antler and their wives are calling me going like, what did you do to him? <laughs> he is insatiable. Wow. insatiable and like you know you know sorry for being so blunt like hard as a rock you know <laughs> just like what did you you know what was that stuff you don't have to like you know cap it you don't have to cap it on him and that like that rush of energy is often what people feel mm. in the beginning a lot of the time of their journey when they're rebuilding and they've been quite deficient it's it's not it's i'm going to use a should like it's not something you should be experiencing with a tonic herb that kind of level of rush right, of energy yeah. right it shows you've been deficient for quite some time and um but however it might happen in the beginning you know it happens a lot when people do take the plant-based jing herbs like the jing formula like that's up there you know it's like right up there in our most used products by our community and quite often people are like far out i'm so energized by this and they're like is it a stimulant and it's like no this is just a big deficiency in the you know the kidney water chi flow through that mm -hmm. system um and what you're starting to do is we're starting to bring a movement through that energy you know that way you know no doubt we're trying to you know step you into you know greater sleep patterns you know aspects of your um of your lifestyle which are going to you know contribute to your foundations and you're going to feel very energized for a while mm. so maybe the libido comes roaring back and it happens especially with a deer antler because it's the fastest growing um appendage on any mammal and as a herb there's there are 
energetics and factors in there that are utilized by the body in order to do that um, as well. And it's incredibly androgenic for men and women. And so mm-hmm. you're going to see more testosterone when you use it. And so, but, and then it should normalize after a while, you shouldn't get that extreme um, effect, but deer antler is still a strong one. It's not like an everyday one. You kind of go on it for a week and maybe two weeks, and then you have a couple of weeks off and then, you know, for me, it's probably like a bottle or two a year of 80 gram deer antler that I'll go through. I'll probably okay. have like a month here and there where I'm like, I'm like, I'm five in it, man. And just instinctively, a lot of the time I don't. Um, yeah, I'm in one of those phases. I kind of keep on looking at it. I've got a big 250 gram bag at home and I'm just looking at it and I'm just like, no, nope. I add it in every now and then. I'm like, yeah, I didn't really need that. Wow. That's like a next level part of tuning into yourself, right? It's like, I think that's what I really admire within you. Uh, is that it's just you've got this level where you're just like "Mm, this doesn't feel right to me and there's like a good discernment there and Mm. yeah i think that's where a lot of people can really it's just like get off the bandwagon of like okay so there's another thing is that is you really take your time to think about things is what i can really pick up from you is like you take your time you sit with it you go is this good is this okay and then if it feels good to you you go for it and i think that is a really admirable quality that a lot of people should not should um can acquire for themselves and I, I think that will probably be is the new it is the new paradigm I think it's a lot of people coming into their intuition coming people coming into like what feels right to them making a decision not a selfish decision like I need this for my testosterone more like hmm. do I actually need this does my body tell me I think when we limit all these distractions outside of ourselves we go oh what's my body actually saying to me today and I yeah, really I mean that's the difference between like the shiny thing and what it's going to give me the very minor superpower yeah. that I'm going to get from the deer antler. That's the consumption model. You yeah. know, that's, you know, that's, that's even, that's even when people are focused on a diet and what's the diet going to give me, it's going to give, it gives me health yeah. and, you know, it gives me this and it gives me that. And they're all, um, they're all looking at the shiny thing. They're all external justifications versus going, what is it going to really deliver me totally. in 40 years time? In 60 yeah. years time where am mm-hmm. i going to be at you know where's what's that deer antler going to look like and then like quite often that's just because i've spent a lot of time with different herbs um it happens with foods as well spent a lot of time with different types of water you know and so mm-hmm. eventually you know it's instinct yeah but it's also discernment you just yeah. get a little bit more discerning eh? and you just spend as you said you spend enough time with it you you know you, you kind of yeah. you gather real life evidence you know <laughs> in, yeah. rather than going out and seeking cherry picking evidence yeah and like right totally. that works that doesn't yeah totally man I respect that and so look what I want to sort of push down now was um, we've painted a good picture on dogmatic health but let's look at like our the leaders of health that we're we're listening to at the moment and I just want to read an Instagram post that the text that you posted on the actual image that you posted and then I'll read the text. So um, let's just uh, find this here. So it started, where where are you? Um, So this was the text. Uh, Sorry, mate, I've just, I just had it. I did a screenshot. Here we go. Funny, this is the post that you did. Funny and ironic how now people who lean fully towards meds and eat processed foods and don't take any herbs and haven't spent all their money on health upgrades and haven't been learning how their bodies and cells work for years are suddenly the societal masters for informing all how to not get infections. And then the caption you did to this was actually 
quite poetic. Because um, I know you say, you, I know you do a lot of writing and I can see that in your, the way you write. But this is just the post that you wrote to it. An old man turned 98. He won the lottery, lottery and died the next day. It's a black fly in your Chardonnay. It's a death row pardon two minutes too late. And isn't it ironic, don't you think? Just ironic. Don't read too much into it. Remember, these people also excessively drink Coke, eat factory farm foods and are actively domesticating. And they're the ones trying to teach us all how to not get sick. Just funny and ironic. So Yeah, plucked that from Alanis Morissette from Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah, I was just like, you know, we'll get a little that. And that's, I think, um, I think all the emojis, I think I've got like a bunch of spoons in there. Just like, mm. you know, it's 10,000 spoons. No, you need it now. Yeah, so I, that's, where, that's where that text came from at the beginning there. That was, yeah, that's a, that, was a fun, that was a fun caption. That got me, man. That really got me. And I was like, you're so right because this is coming out, I'm, I'm guessing, with COVID, right? And um, where we're sort of like going, hey, all the people that were unhealthy are getting a, a very sharp reality check. And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this in our society of like, how has COVID given us a bit of a shake up? How we're needing to now start to focus on investing in health, and, and what's your perspective on that? Um, yeah, I mean, so that you know, that's just a cheeky post, just to remember that you know, all of a sudden, all these figureheads that are overnight experts, you know, and they get given. Not that I'm saying we should um, deny the realities of the situation or respect the fact that there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of the population need us to be like, you know, doing social distancing and, you know, perhaps we need to be doing social distancing and all those kinds of things in, in different areas of the world. Um, it's not a judgment on that. It's just the fact that, you know, all these people overnight became the, you know, they became the self-righteous, you know, know-it-alls around like, no, social distancing and, hey, you got to be you know, wearing your mask and washing hands and like, how dare you, you know, like, you know, how like that moral judgment around like, not, you know, perhaps, you know, not social distancing or this or that, you know, not that I'm justifying people that don't do those kinds of things. I think we should just for the sanity of, you know, even if, if it's just for the sanity of people that need it. But the, the, it was just irony. That's why I said, don't look into it. Just don't look into it too much, as we're not. But isn't it isn't it bloody ironic that these are the people who are trying to teach us how to not get an infection? Mm. And I also think it's ironic. Like I'm, you know, it's always fun bringing up a, bringing up vaccines, and it's all because everyone in a podcast we all get like, oh shit, you know, what's what's going to be said. You know, which way is he going to take it? And, you know, I don't know if he doesn't say the way I want and if he doesn't stay balanced, and, you know, he better make sure that he's politically correct and say that he's, you know, not an anti-vaxxer or a pro-vaxxer. He's just this and that. He just likes answers. I mean, whatever. I don't care, you know, about, you know, we're not, not going into the vaccine conversation necessarily. What I'm we're going into very ironically is that, again, we're having figureheads tell us um, obviously their figureheads aren't the geniuses telling us this is what you need. It's this vaccine. That's what you need. And that's all. And once we do that, then we're going to be let out into the world. Yeah. And 
And then the people who have been very focused on health who might be going like, cool, you guys are having that conversation. Um, you want to make that mandatory? Great. Well, let's just look at what else because obviously we really give a shit, right? You know, then, so what else? Um, hey, let, how about we start subsidizing um, non-pesticide-laden food? That's a great idea, isn't it? You know, that's an additional one. There's empirical data around, um, you know, these pesticides, you know, being, you know, um, yeah, endocrine disruptors and um, estrogen forming and, you know, you know, take down li um, liver function and, um, and androgen hormones. So that's a great idea. What about colostrum? Yeah. Maybe not a friendly vegan one, um, but colostrum's got empirical data about being actually directly in, in regards to the flu vaccine being three times more effective. I'm not even here telling you not to get the flu vaccine. I'm not getting it, but I'm not even saying that. I'm telling you that on top of it, there is, on top of you getting it, what about all this data that says colostrum's three times more effective in, with particular variables? Why not have that be a huge subsidy or even mandatory for non-vegans, non um, you know, taking that, that a bovine colostrum in tablet form? What about prebiotics and the evidence that we have around prebiotics reseeding when you do, especially when you do it in a clinical um, sense, they're very expensive, reseeding um, immune foundations and therefore immune adaptability. What about reishi mushroom and the thousands of studies showing how immune modulating it is, even on like right down to a foundational bone marrow level in the, the holding of white blood cell counts and, you know, and evidently been, been used alongside white blood cell transplants in, in cancer patients where they weren't able to maintain that count and that just would bottom out as soon as they were given the transplant, add reishi in with a bit of clinical experience and other things and you can see that actually they were able to now hold that white blood cell count. You can't tell me that you have these huge noble intentions for health because you will not look anywhere else but your institutionalized medication. I'm sorry, but it's, it, isn't it ironic that you think that you're some king shit? You're some queen shit that, you know, like that can stand on this mountain of morality and give yourself a pat on the back for what you're doing. Um, and and um, we're, we're crazy for, you know, for mentioning, you know, um, and I'm not, I'm not making outlandish claims here. I'm not saying anything in terms of curing it, but nor can a vaccine say that, you know, may I, may I just say we're on the kind of like same playing ground, but at least there's some direct evidence for Chinese herbs like astragalus having an effect on the, on um, immune cells and surface immunity. Is that going to directly um, cure or prevent? Yeah. Uh, no. Is anything? No. Yeah. But why, why, why aren't you getting off your high horse? Isn't it ironic that you think you're the saviors and us plebs, you know, us plebs just here in Mullumbimby who have a council that God forbid asked for when of a big conglomerate that's internationally owned now that you're rolling out a new technology that isn't just a new technology that's going to be used alone it's going to be layered on top of the 4g now all we're asking for are the papers to show that it's healthy that's it mm -hmm. and and telstra went okay we lost that appeal and we can't get you know and so that's what was asked for very reasonable i mm -hmm. think it's very reasonable they're going to mm -hmm. make a shitload of cash off this and 
prove us wrong. I don't give a shit if I'm proven wrong or God forbid we go, ah, let's work together. You have concerns. Let's slow it down a little bit. What's the rush? Slow. We know what the rush is, but you know, like slow it down and perhaps create it in more of a a green way. Watch Mm. how it's affecting human tissue and cells. Maybe take a little bit of, um, you know, insight from, you know, the impact it's having on on flocks and, and bees in the area where these go up. Just slow down a little, mate. Mm. And uh, so that's what I think is um, ironic in general about this entire situation yeah. is the amount of sick and unhealthy people that are on high horses giving advice, just like there's many sick and unhealthy people on Instagram giving advice yeah. and on stages giving advice. And they're, you know, and majority of the time, you know, they've got some emotional stuff going on like all of us, but they don't present their shit. They don't come and go, hey, this is where this is, and this is actually where, you know, we're at our edges of 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 knowing. They don't have the humility to do it. And therefore, sorry, you will never speak for me. And I will never fully comply because I've had I've got too much experience at this point to know that that's an unreasonable thing to do. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, man. So the people that are listening to this now are generally people that probably haven't had a good, uh, spent some time thinking about this, right? Like, or they're just diving into alternative health. They're starting to look at going, all right, how do I start feeling alive from within? What is it that I can really start to do to empower my life? And so I think a big part of what this message is, is again, like even in dogmatic health, even at looking at these unhealthy lectures, by unhealthy people or healthy lectures by unhealthy people is it really comes back to discernment right and just yeah. going what is it what is it that i'm really seeing in this and how does it affect me and i think if there's one key thing that people can take away is discernment for themselves now to go down to the next sort of avenue here they're going all right well then you know what super i've heard about super feast maybe i haven't heard about super feast what is you know investing in health? What does investing in health look like? Uh, is it investing in tonic herbs? Is it investing in medicinal mushrooms? You know, what is a tonic? Is it investing in organic whole foods? Like for those people listening now, how would you say to like, how, what, what insight would you give them to look at investing in health in a new way? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, in, investing in health, you know, it's first of all, looking at that terminology and feeling whether it's useful for you. Mm. Um, and, and if, if the terminology of investment isn't like floating your boat, um, maybe just like, you know, it, it depends on the context. You need to just figure out what your values are, what's mm. really important to you, what's important now, what's important to your family, what's going to be important to you in 40 years time. And then just, you know, and then remember that it's a chop wood, carry water, slow system. So if you, if you listen to this and you listen to me, you know, you've got enough, out, enough people out there, they're going to be giving you like things to add to the list. You've got to do this, that, that. And I don't get me wrong. I can have that conversation. And I, to an extent, I really enjoy that conversation. But what you, you know, what, what would be, you know, nice um, to do uh, at this point of your journey is once you've kind of, you know, got that, that value set is you realize that a huge part of your health is going to be just chopping wood and carry water and, you know, just have a nice, you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And, you know, as long as you're going slow enough and you realize you're not going to arrive at this place of perfect health, that, um, you know, don't expect too much, have realistic 
expectations on the herbs and tonics you're going to be taking, as well as having realistic expectations on getting hydrated or having a breath practice. If you have realistic expectations, then you don't have as much of an agenda. And then you can really take the time to explore these foundational elements and really get the most out of them over the years. So, you know, I've already, you know, mentioned three areas there in the tonic herbal sense. You know, you, you you just remember there's humans, you know, there's humans have gone to herbs for a long time and it's been a very folky element of medicine and the Taoist tonic herbs I've, you know, happened to do through Superfeast um, are the ones in that ancient Chinese system that have risen to being the cream of the crop that they have witnessed over all those years, um, all, all those millennia to be the ones that are gentle enough to be um, weaved into the diet long term. They happen to be a lot of them, the adaptogens, the ones that the Russians um, classified as having no accumulative, um, um, uh, not causing any accumulative harm or stress on the body, um, you know, not being, um, uh, being multidirectional in the body, you know, and, um, and also having an accumulative effect on the body. That's what an adaptogen is generally. Um, it helps your HPA axis get back into harmony. So your immune system and um, so your endocrine system and your nervous system can work with a bit more efficacy. Um, these herbs are the ones that the Taoists would use to build, you know, to to bring a flow of yin and yang within their bodies and wuxing, the five elements within their bodies so that the qi can constantly move and change. And when the qi is consistently moving and changing, then you get a building of, um, the, the, you cultivate life. And that was the intention of taking these herbs as well as their intention of spending time in nature, of bettering themselves, um, of um, of drinking the best water, um, of their of their their physical practice, of their energetic practice, you know, all things that are very accessible. You have the same intention. It doesn't, you know, go past the labeling of Taoism and, you know, and yoga and Ayurveda. It's just fucking humans, mate. Yeah. You know, just in nature doing the exact same thing. You know, it's it's not. This isn't this isn't unaccessible. Yeah. Um, it's if anything, it's way more accessible these days. Um, yeah. But you, you still need to. We just need to slow down and be consistent in order to access yeah. um, the the, be- the beauty of it. Um, and um, these were the herbs and practices that they would use to cultivate life. And cultivating life in terminology, it's three treasures: the Jing, the foundation in the kidney. We talked about it's our how you know that's correlated to our longevity and how among our bones will last and our, and our ability to reproduce cells will last. You know, a lot of people are like, you know, we have a great life expectancy in the West. Yes. But for how long of that, you know, how long of that time, um, you know, of, of how much of that time are we like actually degenerating and dying mm. and have poor, you know, poor mental function. That's really worth considering because, you know, you're chipping away at creating something for yourself. And, you know, imagine you just like, you know, imagine you just work too hard and relied on coffee too much and, you know, just, I don't know, just, you know, then just relied on, you know, you don't have necessarily a problem, but you just relied on, you know, beers or wines to bring you down a bit too much. And, mm. you know, maybe just like, you know, skipped out on doing that physical practice with consistency just enough that, you know, that just, that, that lands you there 10 years earlier because it mm. has that effect, you know, mm. land, it lands you in that point where, you know, it's not a black and white conversation. You're not just like in the life cycle or in the death cycle. But you know, you might just stop you, at that point. You'll get to the point where your just body just doesn't have doesn't have the gene, doesn't have the foundational energy to to um, to keep the chi moving. And, you know, therefore you start losing circulation. You start moving. You know, capacity to move your limbs, or you know, for your lungs to be able to like oxygenate your blood and get tired and brain gets sluggish. And 
Ba-ra. And so that's your jing energy that you build life with. So we're just trying to give ourselves as much robustness throughout mm-hmm. our lives. Um, you know, that's like extremism is what depletes our jing. So that's exhaustion. Exhaustion, mm-hmm. you know, reliance on stimulants. It's what depletes our jing. And so I say, you know, you know, everything in moderation, including moderation. And so yeah. it's great to have that moderate lifestyle. And then, and then it's great to have that, that in summer, that explosion of exploration, you know, big cold plunges, like long runs, you know, explore that big yang aspect of ourselves, you know, you smash through your belief systems and that kind of thing. But, you know, all right, let's not identify with having to do that constantly. Let's come back to the basics. You know, <laughs> it's come and back to that flow, isn't it? That flow with the seasonal, the seasonal flow. Oh, for sure, man. You got to watch in Bali. It's always hot. You got to make sure you get winter, you know, winter vibes in your, in, yeah. in your life. You have those down periods. But yeah, Bali's pretty good for that. Like, but Bali, you know, apparently the um the song line running through Bali just zigzags, and so it just like it's kind of ish, like not not exactly like Byron, but it just like just cuts up your identity. Um, huh. and just cut up your beliefs and so and just like shakes everything up so you've got yeah. to have really good like personal practice you know good like you know awareness of your finances and your taxes and that grounding shit, shit yeah. you know? <laughs> you know, that kind That's- of stuff that really sorts you because otherwise it just like pulls you it rips you apart so you can rebuild energetically constantly mm. um, so what was that you called a song line um oh. yeah well wow. song line so just a, yeah I'm, I'm definitely not i just find these conversations fun i'm not professing to yeah, yeah, yeah be you know aware whatever but i like that i like that narrative i don't even know if it's necessarily true but i remember reading a, a book about the rainbow serpent that was talking about that and then the, and then that that connects that that song line like basic meridian yeah okay. um is uh comes back down through uluru yeah. Um, but then on its way after Bali, I think it goes out to Mount Fuji, which is, you know, like a sword and just bang, just like cuts, you know, like oh. that, that, that's the energy of that. It's just like sharp and, and to the point and representing, yeah. you know, that that's, way, that, that strong way of the warrior. That's ley lines, right? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's, so, you know what? I think in, I, I agree. Like, empirically that what you just explained from bali is what has experienced for me for sure like mm. just shakes up your belief shakes up everything i've been here since october and and i mean look i'm sitting here having this conversation eight months later after being here going oh dude i was like stuck heavily in the like the vegan game you know mm. um mm-hmm. and so yeah for sure it's shaked up shit so you know empirically you're right or that 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 is there's definitely some evidence there that i can attest to for sure <laughs> man yeah, i think cool, it'd be man. really cool to do a um uh podcast after this on on taoism uh taoist herbalism for sure because i think there's mm-hmm. so many good uh there's so much good knowledge and wisdom in that in, in traditional chinese medicine uh, for people that are listening and are new to all this to really understand because we've you've heard you've, we've talked about Jing, we've talked about chi and and people probably going like i'm thinking of a few people that listen to this in my head and they're going what the fuck is that um, yeah and it's definitely something that i'd love for people to know more about um yeah and that's, yeah let's do it. i mean like but it's just it's just the 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 energies basically that are um 
you know, the Tao is perceived as in the physical, energetic, and kind of the mind-based, What you know, watching the evolution of their consciousness, they said, oh, this is what, you know, for me, this is what represents life. This is my, you know, me and my life, and I can either build it or deplete it. Yeah. You know, so that's, like, yeah, so Jing's it- those foundations, your bones, cheese, what animates you, brings the spark to your, to your life. It keeps things moving internally and, like, moving, literally moving, you know, thought around and, mm. um, and blood around and then shen's just you know your mind gets calm your shen's just like if you watch from like five years ago have you learned things and embodied things you're a bit wiser perhaps not but most likely you Mm -hmm. have because you're listening to this podcast you're in that flow that's Mm -hmm. the concept of building shen and -hmm. so the stronger our foundations of our physical body you know the more where you know our physical practice is holistic and creating connection and a solidity that's not stressing the body out, you know, the more we're going to build like an actual strong foundation. And then from there, keep our emotions moving. We don't allow ourselves to generally get too hot and cold. We kind of keep ourselves in in harmony there so our chi can cultivate, Um, you know, therefore we're animated, you know, therefore our shen, our you know our 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 wisdom and our our bringing of our virtuous nature can come forth, so that you know the whole idea is just to you know be quite rad when you you know <laughs> when you get to like seventy or eighty and have some swagger about you, um, <laughs> have some have some know how about you. You know what I mean? It's going to be interesting having this conversation in in when we're seventy, like. Um dude like so many things would have changed i mean the world would be so so changed it's gonna be really cool to see what's what's uh, evolved in this planet hey yeah it is i mean and it's good to bet on yourself of course um but at the same time it's nice to not kind of like be like i mean you know people kind of like hiding their doubt about whether what they're doing is right or wrong you know I don't, like you just have it. Just don't worry. Don't give a shit. Like, you know, who gives a shit? Just, just explore. You might yeah. completely cock it up, yeah. or you might be on the money. But the less dogmatic you are, I bet you, the more likely you are to actually thrive. Yeah. Right? The more likely you are to actually discern your way into honing. You know, you 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 know you everything in moderation. So you do it in moderation, then especially moderation. Yeah. And, so, and then every now and then you go and moderate, and you bang, and you out, then you and that big hit you have is you know is actually relevant and effective for you know for increasing your longevity. So yeah, yeah I think that yeah for sure, man. And you know, like it's it's really cool like to to sort of get to the wrapping up part of this is like what we're really talking about and what you're talking about here with. The main message has been discernment for your, you know, to create a cultivate a good judgment for yourself. But like I, I love philosophy. I read, you know, quite a bit of it. I look at different different types of philosophy, even like Lao Tzu, right? The the, I mean, you probably know a lot more about Lao Tzu and different philosophers. Mm. But one thing I'm I'm looking at at the moment is like Adlerian psychology, and it's it's really interesting because what he says is like a separation of tasks. Like he categorizes life tasks. And it's like you have relationship tasks or love tasks, you have work tasks and you have, there's another one, life tasks, right? And that all problems in this world are interpersonal relationship problems and that Mm. it's simple as just separating the life, separating your life tasks and you will disconnect from the, um, I think a lot of the suffering comes from when you're connected to other people's life tasks and you're trying to infiltrate other people's life tasks. And it's simply about, oh, you can imagine it as like, oh, that person's pissing me off. But really, you're allowing it yeah. to in- interject with your reality. And yeah, that's a good insight. 
Yeah, and it's like mm. it really stands out here as we're talking about this is, is you know, with strong with discernment and it makes sense. I'm connecting the two dots for myself here. It's like it's really about just staying in your lane, doing what's right for you and not projecting any of your firm beliefs onto others and accepting them for where they're at. Yeah, it can be hard when you're so sure that <laughs> you, yeah. when you're so sure you're, you're in the right, but that's um that's something young young pups and young minds need to um, be able to do is navigate that space. So it'd be good for us all to sit with that further, how to not project upon others, find our own path while still being extremely, um, extremely transformational force within our own lives in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I really respect that. It's a good insight. It's a good conversation that people can listen to in this podcast and just start to sort of have some reflect and have some self-awareness on their own lives and, you know, this is again you and I just talking from our own experiences. Something that's real for us right now, and if people want to use this and have a good look in their own life, sure, do it. But this is what we're finding is, you know, in our life at the moment. So, yeah, that's it. Who cares if you don't agree? Hopefully, yeah. it was just like a bit entertaining at this point. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, look, you said you've you've studied over fifteen thousand hours in the field of health, and I'm sure that's gone down many different paths, right? And so collectively what you're bringing out is the lessons from that 15,000 hours. Um, but for people that are listening, and I think we've really said like the strong message of discernment here, I mean, not even strong message. There's a, there's a strong point of, it's not a message to you. Discernment is the, is the main takeaway, but what is it that someone is, so for someone who's listening right now, who's like, Oh, I'm new to all this game. What they're talking about sounds like fucking propaganda to me. <laughs> um, and mm. and they're like, they don't really understand where's a good path to go down if they want to start exploring this alternative holistic way of being. Where would you yeah. say from your experience that would be a good place to start? Yeah, it's interesting when they're like, when they're like, so where do I start? I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> um i would um i i would you know i definitely you know just i'd start by um start making some making some moves to you know really get a new relationship with water and getting hydrated oh yeah and start really connecting to um local you know it's not just a matter of like i'm shopping local now hey (laughs) hashtag sustainable it's like talk to the farmers um you know, just talk to the different operations and around, you know, just create, start like allowing the kitchen to be like a real heart, Mm. um, you know, of the home. Um, I'd start looking at whether the job or um, career you've chosen is parasitic or contributory contributory Mm. to your energy. And um, if the prior then starts very slowly and gently making some shifts, Mm. Um, in a direction where you can actually start cultivating life through what you're contributing out there to the world. And I'd make sure that you can start voicing your intention to get healthier just in a real, you know, nice, um, nice simple way, non, you know, with um, the loved ones around you. So you don't change too fast and become unrelatable Mm. and, um, and make sure that you can change with your family as you move along in a respectful way. Um, even if that means you changing fast, you know, just stay relatable and just don't become an asshole. Um, mm. You will for a little bit, but just watch, you know, catch yourself when you're boring or an asshole. Make sure you catch yourself and admit it very quickly. Um, and so you can come back in the center, right? You nailed me too. Um, 
<clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, now, uh, yeah. I mean, we all we all do it. Yeah. I, well, not all. I've done it, everyone. But I did. <laughs> Obviously, you did. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you're doing herbs, you do you some Jing herbs, Jing blend. Maybe some, you know, maybe the Mason's mushrooms um, mix. That's a really good way to start building your kidney energy and then getting your immune system rocking with the tree medicinal mushrooms. It's a good way to do it. Let's make up a little hot chocolate or a tonic with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's probably a good place to start. I mean, just, you know, you just, you, you, you'll never regret spending a bunch of time grounded in nature and going on your little walkabouts every day. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just, you know, just that slow living. I think it's just that, you know, COVID time, a lot of people are going through very hectic periods, obviously, but, you know, majority of the world's having this down-regulated, you know, enforced yin. And the world of yin is, you know, upon us and thrusted upon us. And um, everyone has an opportunity now to take it or leave it. Um, yeah. Most people are going to leave it, but you have an opportunity to take it and explore that non-agended slow realm that will balance out the excessive yang and ultimately make you more harmonious and you know, effective to use that terminology in mm. life mate you're uh, it's been an absolute blessing to to hear your words and and just to connect on this level and and, and spread a, a really i think a really uh, relevant message today um, but you you know i just want to quickly touch on your tonic herbalism 101 course because for people listening going well fuck, what's tonic herbs is this course going to be really good to to help them I mean, obviously the name says it all, but what is the course about? Maybe you want to elaborate a bit more on it. Yeah, so it's just I think it's eight videos, and um, it's not a it's not a super long course. I'm, I, I try and stay really concise um, in regards to what the philosophy of tonic herbalism is yeah. in a context of how that relates to being able to weave it into our modern lives and our families' lives. Mm. Um, what you know, describing what these superior herbs are where you know where the the knowledge of them came from how they've been used and described um historically and then where where medicinal mushrooms fit into that conversation what medicinal mushrooms are how to use them what they're doing in the body awesome um what an, explaining where adaptogens fit and then starting to get into what is jing and qi and shen and why we use that terminology to un- and classify herbs as jing herbs qi herbs shen herbs and what they are in the body yeah um, as well as then going into, you know, how to maintain a smooth flow of energy between the five elements of your body relating to the five major organ systems um, so that we can have a bit of a smoother life and how the herbs contribute to that. So it's just a real, it's a pretty juicy entry. Um, and it's, as I said, it's a free resource um, for people to go and just to get your footing in this world so that you can, you know, get on your way and um, introduce these herbs with um, without so much agenda, you know, but just start creating a real relationship with them so you can get the most of them over the years and decades. Oh, amen, brother. That's There's going to be a code I saw for uh, people listening right now, Lucaridi10. It'll be in the show notes. Jump on that Tonic cool. Herbalism 101 course if that feels right for you, for sure. Yeah, so the code, I mean, the, yeah, the course is free. The codes, if, if anyone wants to order herbs, gets 10% off an order. For oh, that. oh, sweet. Um, Okay, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Course is free. Even better. Um, mm-hmm. That sounds awesome, man. I'm going to jump on that for sure. Tonic, I'd like to understand more of it, you know, and just build my own collective understanding of health for sure. And then you've got an embodied health course. Is that coming out for uh, soon as well? You said you to subscribe to the newsletter? Yeah, best is to subscribe to the newsletter. Embodied health, is um, that's going to be kind of a um, donation-based, pay what you can. Um, 14 
um, a bit more in depth about the foundations of health and building relationships with the different element, various elements and foundations of health. There's a little bit of herbalism, but we focus mostly on the other um, other aspects that I've found useful at laying the groundwork so I can go forth with sovereignty and bio-individuality and my own intention to create a culture of health that works for me. And so that's a, it's a go at your own pace, 14 video series with downloadable resources on um, all areas, you know, it's breathing practices, um, talking about water, spring water, wild spring water, sun exposure, um, diet, you know, and, um, and a beautiful thing we haven't talked about called toxic mimics, which is something our, our culture will throw out a toxic mimic of something that's actually very beautiful um, and revered in nature. And we have a negative relationship with it because we've in our industrial revolution has bastardized it and how that can, you know, help um, ease a lot of guilt that we have of ourselves for being attracted to certain things, which in our culture are perceivably bad, but that's just because we're attracted to the toxic mimic of what's actually um, natural and, um, and pure. Wow, man, that's beautiful. I'll put the show note. I'll put the links in the show notes for sure, and definitely love to see some people um, diving into that, man. Thank you so much for your time, Mace. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I would love to dive deeper on tonic herbalism at some point uh, when our, when it yeah, aligns in the future. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that, and everyone listening, I'm glad you got some good insight into that no doubt you did and if you want to hear more of uh, mason and see more of mason's work at, and at super feast just check out the show notes i highly recommend that um you definitely go and visit thanks brother and thank you everyone for listening peace out ladies and gentlemen you are at the end of the podcast and congratulations because you are the small one percent that actually listens to this outro i don't know if anyone ever does i've probably listened to two percent of but guess what? I'm going to tell you something very, very special. I'm going to give you the secret recipe to life. There you have it. Secret recipe, you say? Well, what is it, Luca? And that is take action, my friends. Have courage. Have faith. Trust the process. You're exactly where you need to be. This journey isn't easy. This journey is challenging. But guess what? Life is. And the only way we evolve as a human species, the only way we grow is through challenge. We also need a community. <laughs> the community of like-minded fellows, like-minded ladies, gentlemen, who are all seeking the best version of themselves. And what does that require? It requires us sharing this message, showing people that you are on a better path. So screenshot this episode, tag a friend and tag me and tell us your biggest takeaway. Thank you so much and until next time, Peace.